0: Father's Day to everybody here, all you dads, happy Father's Day, all of you over at Cactus and the venue and the chapel, happy Father's Day. It's good to be with you guys here. Uh, My name is Kevin Yule. I'm the pastor of men's and marriage ministry and just excited to be with you guys this morning as we talk about, man, what does it look like for us as dads uh, in this whole role of fatherhood? And so I'm excited to be with you guys this morning. I figured I would introduce you to my family in case you question my credibility as a father. Figured I'd show you my squad. So here's the Ewell family right here. Uh, This is my oldest daughter, Maddie, she's 17. This is my daughter, Delaney, she's 15. My son, Logan, you'll hear about him today, he's 13 now. My daughter, Riley, who is 12. My son, Caden, who is five, and McKinley, who is two. And if you're counting correctly, that's one, two, three, four, five, six. So the way we like to look at it is, we have the perfect basketball team in our family. You've got a good six man to come off the bench, which every good basketball team needs. Uh, every now and then, my wife and I like to whisper, we're only one short of a family baseball team, but uh, let's just say we're big fans of basketball right now, so we're gonna hold strong, <laughs> hold strong on that one. Uh, well, Jamie came to me uh, a couple of weeks ago and said, hey, would you wanna preach on Father's Day? I said, man, I would love to preach on Father's Day on two conditions. Uh, not that I can make conditions with Jamie. He just tells, tells me what to do basically. But I like to think I can negotiate. Moses did with God, so I came with Jamie. And said, here are my two conditions. One, uh, I just wanna brag on God a little bit. And so we're gonna spend some time bragging on our Heavenly Father today. But then here's my second caveat. For 17 years, I've shown up to Father's Day with a very vested interest into what the message was gonna be. Go ahead and teach me to be a great father. Help me become the dad I wanna be. And here's what I've gleaned over these last 17 years. Mother's Day comes around and we hold moms up and we go, oh, moms, you are great. You're you're so wonderful. We love everything about you. You've never sinned in your life and every woman is a Proverbs 31 woman. You're the best and you are, moms, you're great. But Father's Day would roll around and it seemed like every Father's Day message would be like, come on, man.'" We need men to be men. If men stepped up, we wouldn't have all these problems in the world, and dad, you're totally blown. I remember walking out of so many fathers' day, just like, man, what am I doing? I'm a failure as a father, and I just felt awful. And I said, Jamie, I do not wanna do that. In fact, my goal and my hope and my prayer has been this entire time that, men, you would leave here encouraged. That you would leave here encouraged because you are doing an incredible job as fathers. In fact, many of you dads are doing an amazing job. Yes, absolutely. You've been given a huge task to love and lead your family well, for many of you to provide for your families. And there's a lot of stress and effort and work that goes into that. And that you are here today as a a result of your love for the Lord and the love for your family tells me you're doing an incredible job. And so my hope and prayer is that, Dad, you would leave here encouraged. Okay, just leave here encouraged. Uh, We're gonna, let me set up for you, here's how this is gonna go. We're gonna take a look at our Heavenly Father. And my hope and prayer for all of us has been that our perspective might shift a little bit, for some a lot, for some just a little bit, as we begin to look at how our Heavenly Father views us as his kids. And so if you're a female in the room and you're not a dad, don't hop on Pinterest and check out on me. There's gonna be a lot for you today. Uh, But then we're at the very back end, we're gonna talk about how all of these things that our Father does for us as kids We as earthly fathers can do these same things for our children. And so that's where we're gonna go today. And we're gonna look at four things. It's not an exhaustive study on the the fatherhood of God. We'd be here for three weeks. I would love that, but you guys would not. So we're just gonna look at four things that I think are really important that look at our father and how he relates to us as kids. And so let me pray for us and then we'll dive into our time in the word. God, we thank you so much for who you are. God, we thank you that you love us in spite of ourselves. God, we thank you for this precious gift you've given us in the word of God that we can study from each and every week. God, each and every day of our lives, you've gifted us with that, and God, I pray we would hold that in high regard. I pray this morning as we take a look at your fatherhood, God, that we would be encouraged. God, I pray for some, I pray for all, that our perspective on you might shift a little bit, that we would leave here more in love with you than we were when we came in, and God, maybe we begin to see you in a new light, and that that would just be encouraging to our hearts. God, pray for the fathers as we will later as well. God, I just pray that you would encourage us. God, let us know that we are doing the best we can to live our lives pleasing to you, and that you would bless our lives. You bless the lives of our kids as a result of our, our commitment to follow you. And God, we just love you and we thank you and we pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so we're gonna look at four ways in which our Father interacts with us as kids. And if you know Jesus Christ, if you've placed your faith in Christ, you are now a child of God, and so everything we're looking at applies to us, applies to those that know Christ as children of the Lord. So here's our first thing. For all of you, type A, fill in the blankers. We've got this. The Father loves his kids, and he is for his kids. The Father loves his kids and he's for his kids. Now, for all of you that go, I showed up to hear he loves me, I got that, okay? Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells. Let me explain, let me unpack this for you a little bit. Let's look at Ephesians chapter two, verse four and five. But God, this is right after he started in verse one where he says, you were dead in your trespasses and sin. Now we get the greatest but God in the Bible, I believe, is this. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, Even when we were dead and our trespasses or sins made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. Here's what I mean when I say God loves us as his kids. God loves you because he's God and he chooses to. God loves you in spite of you. God loves you because he chooses to. If you read Romans 5.8, it says, uh, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God demonstrated his love that way. Here's the danger of of how we view our relationship with God if we compare it to every other relationship we have on earth. You see, every every earthly relationship we have, there's an economical exchange that takes place. You love me a little bit, I will love you back. You withhold love for me, maybe I'll keep loving you for a period of time, but then eventually I kind of go, well, that's it for you, and we move on. There's an exchange that takes place. All, all, all the way through, even with our, with our kids, there's an exchange that takes place. Like my daughter, uh, she, McKinley, you saw her, she's two. She runs up, gives me a hug when I get home from work. Daddy, I love you. You just bought yourself some love. She wakes up at three o'clock in the morning, you just cashed all that in, right? I mean, that's just, that's the way it goes. There's an exchange, it's back and forth. Here's the danger, is as soon as we begin to apply that same sort of love with our father, one of two things happens, and neither one of them are good. Both sides of this coin produce very bad fruit. See, if you think God loves me if, or God loves me because, or God loves me when, any of those thoughts lead us to be a self-righteous Pharisee a little bit. We begin to look and go, well, I read my Bible every day and I go to church all the time and I'm in five small groups and I'm leading this and I'm giving here and look at all the things that I do. We begin to puff ourselves up and go, God, you love me because of all of this. And we kind of look at God and go, you're kind of lucky to have me, God. And we become very self-righteous and arrogant because we think God loves me if. And so we create this checklist of do's and don'ts. No, 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 God loves you, period, because he chooses to. And here's the other side of that coin. This is the one that I find myself in most often is we begin to think in this economical exchange is, God loves me less when, or God doesn't love me because, And we begin to look at our lives and look at all the things that we do that we would quote or deem as wrong. And we think God couldn't love me. And so we actually reject the love of God because we're swallowing in shame and guilt. And I think Satan's got us right where he wants us in that moment as we begin to think, God doesn't love me because. No, God loves you because he chooses to. God loves you period. We need to understand that as God's kids. Do we get that? As soon as we begin to apply our works, or our behavior to the love of God, Satan has won a great battle in our lives and this relationship has shifted. Our perspective has shifted a little bit. God loves you, period. God loves you because he chooses to. That's an incredible thing. But then we add this statement, God is for you. God is for you. I get a chance to meet with a lot of men this last year doing men's ministry. Uh, and it's, it's interesting. I always sit them down and inevitably the question always comes up, hey, tell me a little bit about how your father loved you. How'd you know your dad loved you? And it's awesome to hear guys as they go on. My dad provided for me. My dad took care of me. My dad told me he loved me. And, and this whole idea of fathers loving their sons is, is great to hear. And I'm always encouraged by it when I, get, when I get a positive response. But then I ask the follow-up question and that is this. How did you know your dad was for you? And they usually look at me in a little puzzle on their look and they go, well, what do you mean by that? I said, how do you know your dad was for you? Yes, he loved you, but was he for you? Because I think there is a little bit of a difference. It's one thing to know that my dad loves me. It's a whole other thing to know that my dad is for me. And so here's my illustration for this one. Uh, have any of you or any of you remember when your kid was first learning how to walk? Or anyone been around when a newborn not a newborn. If they were a newborn walking, that'd be awesome and strange. Uh, like a 14, 15, 18 month old kid is, is learning how to walk. For the very first time, I was there for two of my kids' very first steps and I was there very shortly after for the other four. They finally let go of whatever it is they've been holding onto and they're on these little wobbly legs and they see mom or dad and they just get this big smile on their face and the way they go and then what do they do? Bam, they go down hard almost a universal reaction among parents. You know what it is? Dad hops up, (sighs) and they scoop that kid up, and they Lion King him up in the air, and they go, oh, you did it! I can't believe it, you took steps, that's unbelievable! And they give him a huge hug, and they kiss him on the cheek, and they go, I'm so proud of you! You did it! And then what do they do? They put him back on their feet, and they go, come on, you can do it again! And the kids just, what just happened? All right. And three steps and then down they go again. And the dad scoops them up. You did it. I can't believe it. I'm so proud of you. You See, that's a dad. That's a mom that is so for their kid. And the kids just weld up with, okay, I can do this. Dad believes in me. I can make this happen. And they take three or four steps and they go down again. You know what I've never seen? I pray I never see this never seen a dad watch his kid take four steps, fall down, and then stand over him and go, failure. Look at you, you fell down. I can't believe you. You know what I want you to do? I want you to sit there in your fallen state for a couple of hours and think about what you just did as a failure as a child. I've never seen it. I've never seen that. I just see pride, oh, you did it. Guys, how do you view your heavenly father when you fall? You see, if you came to know Christ, your journey starts here. Bible uses this beautiful word called sanctification. It's the journey where you become more and more like Jesus. And the moment you place your faith in Christ, you begin to take steps in your journey to become more like Jesus. Some of you, you just stand there on wobbly legs and you get half a step and you go down. Some of you, you take off running, you got 30, 40 steps, but then you crash. Inevitably, we're all gonna fall. My question for you is this, in those moments when you fall, how do you view God? You see, I think the God of the Bible would say this, I am for you. And he would come along, he would scoop you up and he would hold you in his arms and he'd go, I love you, I am for you. And he puts you back on your feet and he says, let's keep going. Look at what it says in Psalm 118, it says this. The Lord is for me, I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is for me among those who help me. Therefore, I will look with satisfaction on those who hate me. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in men. Psalm 56 says this, then my enemies will turn back in that day when I call, this I know, that God is for me. Go read Romans 8:31. If God is for us, who could be against us? Do we know that? Do we believe that? Do we understand that God, our Father, doesn't just love us because he chooses to, but he is for you. He is encouraging you. If any of you have fallen and you've fallen hard and you find yourself sitting there, God's not over you looking down at you going, I can't believe you failed. What's the matter with you? You know what he's doing? He's scooping you up in his arms. He's holding you in the air going, I'm so proud of you. And you know what I wanna say to him all the time? Yeah, but God, I fell. I know you fell. Why do you think I sent Jesus? Here's what I want you to do, Kevin. I'm gonna put you back on your feet and you're gonna keep going. And you may get three steps and fall again, and guess what, I'll be there to scoop you up again. You may run for a mile, but guess what, I'm gonna be right behind you the whole time because I'm so for you. Do we have that view of God? Is that the Father that we know? God is for you, God loves you in spite of yourself and God is for you. There's some of you here this morning, that's the only thing you need to hear. You can tune out the rest of the time if you want because your view of the Father has been so manipulated by the enemy that shame and guilt rules your life. And you've got this God's against me, God's disappointed in me, God's angry at me, God's upset at me view of the Father. And that's just not true, it's not the God of the Bible. God is just, justice was paid in the blood of Jesus Christ. He is so for you, he loves you, he wants to embrace you and tell you and put you back on your feet and say, come on, keep going, you can do this. So if your view of the Father needs to shift, just think about that for a little bit as the rest of us move on, here we go. Uh, Number two. God prays for his kids. You guys realize that? The Father gets prayers from the Holy Spirit and the Son for us on our behalf. God prays for his kids. Look at Romans 8, 26 and 27. It says, likewise, the Spirit, Holy Spirit, helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit, Holy Spirit himself, intercedes. Keep an eye on this word, intercedes. Intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the heart knows what is in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit, again, intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Hebrews 7 says this. Consequently, he, being Jesus, is able to save the uttermost, that's me, those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make, there's our word again, intercessions for them. You understand the Holy Spirit is praying for you, that Jesus the Son seated on the throne of God is praying for you, interceding for you. First John says he's our advocate, defending our case before the Father. Like the this Holy Spirit and the Son are praying for you. Have any of you guys ever been to that place in your spiritual journey where you just sit there before the Father and you go, God, I, there's something going on in my soul. I can't even put my finger on what it is. There's just something here and I just, God, ah, I just, I, ah. That's when the Holy Spirit takes over. He's in that, ah, moment. He begins to intercede for you on your behalf. When you don't even know what to pray for, you just sit before God your Father, and you go, God, I don't even know what to ask for right now. I just know I need you. Holy Spirit says, I got this. and begins to pray for you, intercede for you to the Father. Jesus the Son praying, interceding for you always. Do you know how incredible that is? That God prays for you as his kid? I don't know about you, but I can count on one hand the number of people in my life that I will share deep, personal, intimate things with when it comes to prayer. When people ask, how can I pray for you? There's a few people that I will share deeply with. Here are the people that, here's what's really going on with me. For the most part, it's kind of shallow, superficial. Pray for wisdom, pray for discernment, pray for my kids, this and that. But you want to know if you're my real friend, man, now I begin to share intimate, personal things with you. There's things going on inside of me that I can't even put to words. That's where the Holy Spirit takes over and goes, Kevin, I got this. Let me pray for you. Let me take that request to the Father. Father prays for his kids. That's a beautiful thing. Here's the third thing. Father disciplines his kids. Uh Uh-oh. Father disciplines his kids. Let me take you back to uh, Hebrews chapter 12. Jamie hit on this a couple of weeks ago. I'm gonna read it from my Bible. You can look on the screen. Verse six on your screen says this, for the Lord disciplines the ones that he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. It's for discipline that you have to endure. God's treating you as sons, for what son is there from his father does not discipline. If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. None of us want that. Verse nine, besides this, we have earthly fathers who disciplined us as we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them, but he, catch this, he being God, disciplines us for our good, that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields a peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Jamie teed this up beautifully a couple of weeks ago. If you were here, he talked about this idea of father disciplines, he prunes the ones that he loves. Notice nowhere in there does it say the father punishes the ones that he loves. It doesn't say the father punishes his children. It says the father disciplines his kids. Here's the difference, those words are not synonymous. Punishment and discipline are totally different. Punishment, if you remember, Jamie said it up this way, punishment has everything to do with paying back. It's backwards focused. You wronged me, you owe me to make things right. It's punishment. Discipline has everything to do with the future. I'm going to correct this behavior because I want better and greater things for you in the future. I've got a future-minded focus on you, and so I'm going to correct you. I'm gonna say, this is gonna hurt you now, but it's gonna produce fruit in the future. Punishment's past, discipline is future-oriented. Remember the two words Jamie gave us? It's corrective and it's training. It's corrective in training, that's what discipline is. Father disciplines the one that he loves. Here's here's why that's so important. Here's what I need us to realize. God the Father has a vision, a plan, a picture of your life that is far greater than anything you could ever imagine. God wants things better for you than you could possibly imagine. And he's going to discipline you to get you there, to correct you, to train you, to prevent, and to allow that to take place how you view your heavenly father, this is why this, we started here. You see, how you view your heavenly father, if you know God loves you and you know God is for you, you will respond to his discipline differently. As soon as God takes on this, God's angry at me, God's vindictive, God can't wait for me to fail, if that's our picture of God, his discipline feels a whole lot different. But if I know that God loves me, I respond differently to his discipline. Here's my example for this one. Uh, My son, Logan, you saw him in the picture. He's 13 now. Uh, When he was much, much smaller, uh, he had this incredible ability to ball up his fist and shove the whole thing in his mouth. And when he was cutting teeth, he would just chew on his fist all the time in the middle of the floor and then pull out this little drooly, slobbery nub and be like, hey, here I am. It was about the same time he became incredibly fascinated with the outlets on the wall. And so my little guy would sit on the floor and outlet, I'm sure he saw me plug something in there or his mom plug something in and it lit up and made noise and he thought, I wanna light up and make noise. And so he would crawl over to these outlets, he'd pull this little gooey thing out of his mouth and he would go to stick his fingers in the holes. And me and his mom were always there to slap his hand, no, no, Logan, and we'd turn him around. And he'd kind of look at us with a look of disgust, put his head down and <laughs> crawl across the room to the other side. Maybe he won't see me over here. Go to stick his fingers in. No, no, Logan. Turn him facing the other way. This would happen three, four, or five times until eventually he would just get so frustrated. And about the fifth time, no, no, Logan, he would just throw a little fit like a 15 month old does and just. <gasps> in his little mind, I know what he's thinking. I know he's looking up at me and screaming at me, going, Dad, you don't understand. You're stealing my fun. You have no idea how fun it would be to shove this little gooey finger into that electrical outlet. It would be awesome, and you're ruining my day. I'm sitting there as a father with a little bit more wisdom, with a little bit more insight than my young infant son going, son, if you only knew what waited for you on the other side of that outlet, you have a much different outlook on this situation. And maybe you'd be a little less angry with my discipline and you'd be a little bit more encouraged knowing, hey, my dad loves me enough to do hard things. It's not fun slapping your son on the hand multiple times and turning and letting him scream at you. But you do it because you love him. At no point was I like, great, you wanna do it? Go ahead, let's see how this works out for you, son. No, as a loving father, I discipline my son and turn him from that. Here's my question for you. Does God know more than you? Do you find yourself sometimes down here, like a little 15 month old, shaking your fist at God, going, God, why don't you let me have my way? And maybe just maybe it's because God's got a vision and a plan and a goal for your life that's far greater than anything you could ever comprehend. And he's gonna discipline you now and it's not gonna feel fun, it's not gonna be great. Some of you may hate it, but does your father love you? Yes, is your father for you? Is he ever gonna discipline you for his own own vindictive nature? No, he disciplines you for his good and for the good of his kids. See, there's some of us, how we view God greatly impacts how we respond to his discipline. I don't know what God's trying to teach you. I thought Jamie did an incredible job tiptoeing this line of, look, he's not the Holy Spirit, Jamie, I'm not the Holy Spirit. If you come up to me and ask, okay, is this God's discipline or is this just my sin? I don't know. It's the Holy Spirit's job. But I can tell you this. Maybe, just maybe, there's certain things that are going on in your life that God's saying no to or God's correcting you on. God's preventing you from because he's got a bigger picture for your life. He's got something in store for you that you don't even realize or understand and it's gonna be beautiful and one day it will make a whole lot of sense. He's disciplining you now because he loves you. A father disciplines the ones that he loves to produce holiness and produce goodness. Here's the Fourth one, this is this. Father teaches his kids. Father teaches his kids. We went to 2 Peter chapter 1. Uh, says this. His God's divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. He's given you everything. His divine power has given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. So if you say, I wanna be a godly husband. I wanna be a godly father. Look, God's given you everything you need and he's gonna teach and train you through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. God is constantly teaching us. Are we listening? Are we listening? But God's always teaching his kids. Hebrews one says what? Jesus Christ is the exact imprint of the Father. So you wanna know a lot about God? Know a lot about Jesus. How did Jesus teach his disciples? A couple of times he, Sermon on the Mount, sat them all down, gave a huge sermon. You know a lot of the times what it was? Walking through life. Hey guys, you see that fig tree? Let me tell you about the end times. Hey, you see that woman? She just put two little pennies in the coffer box. Let me tell you about giving. Hey, all those little kids that you're preventing to come to me, let them come. Because let me tell you, faith like a child. Jesus took life and taught lessons. He took life and taught lessons. Don't think that God's any different now in the way that he teaches us. God's always teaching us as his kids. The question is, are we listening? Are you responding to God's teaching? What's God trying to teach you Right now, If you begin to ask, and I I told last night, I'll tell you, you guys here this morning, most mornings I get woken up with a finger in my eye at about 3.30, dad, I'm awake. What are you doing? It's still dark, I'm not awake, go back to bed. So my prayer life in the morning gets a little interrupted, but what might it look like for us to begin to pray every morning? God, would you teach me today? Teach me something today. As my loving father that loves me and who is for me, would you teach me something today? And then we'd be open to it. See, I think the Father teaches us through his word. And if you're not in the word, man, let me encourage you, pick up this gift called the Bible and start spending time in the word because it is a beautiful thing. Let the word teach you. Let the church teach you. Let your small group in the community, the body of Christ, teach you. But don't be afraid to look for lessons in life for God the Father to teach you. So I've, knowing I was gonna talk about this, I started to look myself. God, how are you trying to teach me? Uh, teaches me patience. Every day about five o'clock, I get on a freeway called the 101. And God teaches me patience. Just patiently sit in traffic and wait. Uh, My daughter's car happened to break down for the third time in the last month. God's teaching me to rely upon him to provide and not to be upset that I just shelled out more money to fix another car. Trust me, I'm providing. God's always teaching us. Are we listening? Are we paying attention? Are we allowing the spirit to teach us? What's he trying to teach you right now? And are you open to it? Are you open to it? Father loves his kids. Father is for his kids. Father prays for his kids. Father teaches his kids. Here's where I wanna go now for us as dads. Dads, I want you to love your kids. And so many of you are loving your kids really well. Keep loving your kids. I cannot tell you the impact you have on your kids' lives that your kids know that you love them. You may think it's not a big deal, you may think, ah, oh, what's the big deal? Their dad loves them. It's a huge deal. Come, you can't, because it'd be weird, but man, I'd love to invite you into my office to meet with some of the men I get to meet with and to hear them tear up, well up with tears and they talk about the love their father had for them. Deep impact. Love your kids. Like I said, I have six. I know sometimes it's hard. You come, I come home from work, and all I wanna do is turn on SportsCenter And watching TV for five minutes just to check my brain out, and I am met with kids. Daddy, play with me. Daddy, do this. Daddy, let me show you what I drew you today. Okay, neat, what is it? Great, it's an animal, I don't know. (laughs) But love your kids. Get on the floor and play with them. Love your kids as best you can. Let your kids know that you are for them. Would you let your kids know that you're for them? Can we all agree? I'll throw my hand up first. My kids are gonna fall. They're gonna fall hard. They're gonna screw up. They're gonna make all kinds of mistakes. I'm gonna discipline them. We'll talk about that in a second. But you know what I need to do more often than not? I need to scoop them up. Give them a hug. Tell them, I love you. I'm for you. I'm for you. Let's get back on our feet and let's keep moving forward. This sin, whatever happened, does not define you. We're gonna keep moving forward. Do your kids know that? Do your kids know that you are for them? Love your kids, before your kids. Pray over, for, and with your kids. Pray over, for, and with your kids. This is huge, guys. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I pray a lot for my kids. I pray a lot over my kids. It's been really challenging for me. I've been very convicted. Uh, I don't pray a lot with my kids. I just haven't, and I don't know why. I'm trying to get better at praying with my kids. Here's my challenge to you as dads. Whether your kids are at home, or they're out in the world somewhere, before this day is over, pick up the phone, shoot them a text message, call them, walk down the hall into their room as they're getting ready to go to bed and just ask them this question, how can I pray for you? How can I pray for you? One of two things will happen, either they will reject you completely, that's okay, you can pray for them anyway. Or they will begin to understand and realize, wait a minute, you wanna pray for me? Yeah, I wanna pray for you. And it may start very shallow. It may start really deep, but all of a sudden, you begin to develop a relationship with your kids that maybe you haven't had before as you pray for your kids specifically. How can I pray for you? Here's what will happen, because this is what's happened to me. If you're like me and this has not been a common practice for you, here's what will happen. You will pull your phone out and you will go to text your child and you will hear this voice in your ear, don't do it. It's gonna be awkward. They're gonna know you went to church today and the only reason you're doing it is some crazy pastor told you to do it. It's gonna be weird. You're gonna walk into your kid's room and say, hey, I wanna pray for you. What? You've never prayed for me a day in your life. What's going on? Why, why the change? Satan's gonna get in your ear and trying to convince you not to. Man, that none of those voices are from the Lord. You can do this, guys. You can do this. He can help you. You can do this, okay? Ask the Lord. God, give me the courage to make this happen. And just begin to pray with your kids. Pray for your kids. Pray over your kids. Discipline your kids. Discipline your kids with a gracious heart. This is a hard one. Don't be afraid to discipline your children. I don't wanna begin to tell you how many wooden spoons I broke over my butt as a young man growing up, and I don't even wanna count how many bars of soap I had to eat getting my mouth washed out. Uh, I got disciplined the way that my parents saw fit to discipline me. I never got punished. And here's how I would describe the difference. After every spanking, my mom or dad would sit me on their lap and they would say these words, this hurts us more than it hurts you. And through tears and a shaken fist, I would say, you're a liar. There's no way this hurt you more than it hurt me. Right? I'm sitting here with a red butt. There's no way this hurt you, but I get it now. As a parent, I get it now. They would follow that conversation up with these words, Kevin, we love you. We want great things for you. The reason why we discipline you is because we want better things for you. Kevin, did you lie to us? Yeah, I did lie to you. Kevin, we don't want you to be a liar. We want you to be a man of character, a man of integrity, a man that people can trust and that your word means something to other people. And so we're gonna discipline you now to help produce that in the future. Kevin, did you say that word? Did you take the Lord's name in vain? I did. Kevin, we don't want that for you. We want better things for you. Here's what we want for you. And so they would discipline me. Do you see how that's forward focused? Do you see how there's a vision for them, how they would share that? Different than punishment. If you're disciplining your kids for your own gratification, that's punishment. If you're disciplining them for their future, that's discipline. I think God would call us to do that. A father disciplines the one that he loves. Don't be afraid to put some boundaries in place and then hold to them. Hold to them. Last thing, teach your kids. Teach your kids to love the Lord. Teach your kids to love the Lord. We are always constantly teaching our kids. Teach your kids. I don't care how old they are or how young they are. Look for opportunities to teach your kids. I I will be honest with you. uh, The Yule household, we do not hold family Bible studies. If that works for you, that's awesome. But never have I sat my children down, opened up the Bible and said, listen to me talk to you for an hour about the word of God. They would all revolt and throw things at me. It just wouldn't work. But I teach my kids always. My kids know that I love the Word of God. They watch me spend time in the Word of God. They know this thing called the Bible is a big deal to me and I teach them from it. But I do it a little differently. I try to just embrace life and teach them always. They're always learning. I'll give you two examples, one positive, one negative. Positive example is this. Me and my son Logan, when he was about eight years old, we went to In-N-Out in and out was busy, because it's in and out It's always busy. It doesn't matter what time you go. It could be there at 2 in the morning, and there'll be a line out the door. It was in and out was busy. We walk up to the register. There's one guy in front of us. Another guy comes up from the side and starts yelling at this 16, 17-year-old kid taking the orders because they got his order wrong. He didn't want pickles or I don't know, something. So he's yelling at this kid at the register. Well, this kid gets flustered and stops taking the guy's order. So now this guy gets angry. Hey, I was here first, pay attention to my order. So now this 16, 17-year-old kid has two 40-year-old men yelling at him about fast food, which was a great sociological exercise to observe. But just, and the kid's just flustered. You could tell, all he wanted to do was like hide behind the counter and just scurry off and walk away. He finally takes care of these two guys, gets them all taken care of, and then so we step up to order, me and my son Logan. And he doesn't even look up from the register. Is this for here to go? And I look at his name tag. It says Jacob. I said, Jacob, you're doing a great job. And he looks up finally and he goes, is this for here or to go? I go, no, no, Jacob, here's what I need you to understand. I watched you handle that situation. You did a phenomenal job. I can't imagine the amount of pressure and stress you're under. I just want to encourage you. You did a great job. And thank you so much for serving us and for giving us the opportunity to interact with you today. Thank you so much. He's a little flustered. So is this for here to go? (laughs) I say, all right, Jacob, I know you got a job to do. This is for here. My son will have a hamburger with ketchup. I'll have a double-double, no onions, trying to make out with his mom later. Give me some fries and a drink. He gives us our ticket. We head back to our table, and my son just looks at me and goes, Daddy, did you know that man? Nope, never met him before in my life. Why did you talk to him that way? I said, Logan, here's the deal. God's gonna put people in front of you all the time. You know what we're called to do? We're called to love anybody God puts in front of us. And today God put Jacob in front of us. And so I just wanted to love him and encourage him as best I could. And I want you to know that, man, anytime God puts somebody in front of you, just love them right where they're at. Doesn't matter where they are, what's going on, just love them right where they're at. Okay, I'm gonna go get some ketchup, and off he went. Okay? He, you could know, pull Logan aside and go, hey, do you remember that time your dad taught you in and out? Nope, no idea. But I like in and out. Are we going, right? He he may not remember. But as that scenario plays itself out over and over and over again in the Yule household, you know what I'm hoping and praying and I'm teaching my kids? To love whoever God puts in front of you because that's what God calls us to do. Always, always teaching. Let me give you the flip side of that coin because I am far from a perfect parent. Any one of those kids will tell you that. Uh, I told you God's testing my patience, especially when I drive, okay? And I don't know why, Just. It is, And so my wife has been on me. Hey, you need to be careful when the kids are in the car. You need to be a little more patience. So I developed this ridiculous habit of, instead of getting frustrated and angry with the great driver in front of me, uh, I would get incredibly sarcastic. So I thought, maybe my kids won't pick up on it. And I, this is a way for me to vent my frustration without yelling at the person. I just, so I, I started going, hey, kids, everybody look. We've got a first-time driver here. Light turns green, they don't go. Oh, we got a first timer, it's her first green light. Let's wait for, there she goes. Hey, everybody clap for the first time driver. Look at her, there she goes, yay. My kids are like, oh, okay, whatever. (laughs) My son, Caden, he's four years old at the time. We're driving him to preschool and he's sitting in the back seat, the light turns green. The individual in front of us doesn't go. I say nothing. I'm in a good mood that day. we got plenty of time, doesn't go. I hear from the back seat, my son go, what do we got, a first timer here, dad? (laughs) oh no, (laughs) you're four years old, what have I done? Counseling is in your future. I know it already, I've totally failed you. Even as a four-year-old, he's learning, they're watching. We're always teaching our kids. What are we teaching our kids? Figure out for you, what is it you want to instill in the lives of your children? Teach them. Teach them, encourage them. Here's what I wanna do. My hope and prayer would be this, has been for a long time. Guys, everything on this list we can do. We can, we can do this. He, our Heavenly Father, can help us. I'm still in Home Depot, all right? You can do this, he can help. We can help each other. We can learn to lean on each other, to be men, to be a band of brothers together, to encourage each other as we move forward in this. But you can do this. There's nothing our Father is asking of us that he hasn't already done for us and given us an incredible example of. So dads, you can do this. Love your kids be for your kids. Pray with your kids, pray over your kids. Teach them and discipline them. Here's what I wanna do, last thing. Cactus, venue, chapel, we're gonna do the same thing with you guys. Uh, if you're a dad in this room, will you just stand up? I'm not gonna ask you to do anything weird, I promise. I know it's already weird you're standing, but dads, would you just stand up, all the dads in the room? Yeah, you can clap for that. Here's what I wanna do. Stay standing. I just wanna, I wanna pray over you in just a second, but here's, I'm gonna ask you to do one thing before I do that. Just look around the room. Look around the room. This is your band of brothers, Okay? These are the other men that are fighting the same battle you're fighting, doing their best to raise kids up in the Lord, that have their patience tested, that have their love tested, that that succeed a thousand times and fail a hundred times. These are the men that are in this with you. Might today, and if you're at the cactus or venue or chapel, wherever you're at, might today God just be putting on your heart for whatever reason, that maybe we don't start linking arms together. Instead of fighting in isolation like so often we tend to do as men and feeling all alone, We might begin to lean on each other a little bit. I see a lot of white hairs, which means a lot of wisdom in this room, okay? (laughs) Lots of wisdom for young dads to come alongside and just put your arm around them and go, hey, you can do this. Let me encourage you. Let me love you. Let me pray with you and let me help you. Might we begin to learn to lean on each other? Let me pray for all of us and then we'll spend some time in worship. God, thank you for who you are. God, thank you for loving us right where we're at. God, I thank you for loving us in spite of ourselves. God, I pray for these dads, these men that are standing right now. God, I know it's their heart, it's their desire that they would be the husbands, be the fathers, be the men that you've called them to be so they can teach and train their kids well. God, I pray you'd give us that ability. God, not in our flesh, not in our power, but through the work of your Holy Spirit, that you would do that. So God, I pray for them. I pray that you would encourage them. I pray that you would lift them up. God, I pray that they would begin to realize and understand they're not in this alone. You are with this You are in this with them, and we can be in this together. So God, help us go out today to love our kids well in the power of your spirit, and we'll give you all the praise and glory for what you're gonna do. God, thank you for loving us as your kids. We love you, and we thank you, and we pray all of this in Jesus' name, amen.